coming to you from that once forgotten artery that pulses through the center of the continental United States and into the heart of the Ozarks, Grace Matthews. Looking in from the northern border, our Canadian friend, along with his countrymen, feeling the effects of U.S. political issues, Connor Murphy. Welcome to Dueling Dialogues, episode 154. I'm Connor Murphy, here with Grace Matthews. Hi, Grace. How you doing? Cold. Again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're supposed to get some snow uh, today and tomorrow, too. Back to snow. Oh, yeah. my gosh. My heat went out again. It, oh, no. It's, well, it's went out before, and it starts working before the guy gets here. And he goes, <laughs> I, don't, I just don't want to keep tearing things apart, you know? And so this oh, has no. happened like five times. That Yesterday, is not Yesterday, it finally went out, and he says, it's the pump. Okay. So I'm getting one today, but it's cold right now. Yeah, I, I can imagine. starting to not feel my legs. Early oh. today when I was working out, you know, I was like, oh, this is not so bad. Yeah, right. You know, oh, boy, when you stop moving around. Yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So what do we got today? Well, we have kind of a two-parter today. The first part, we're going to talk about 12 Rules for Life, an antidote to chaos by our my second favorite Canadian, <laughs> Jordan Peterson. Nice recovery there. <laughs> yeah, 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 I had to, yeah, I had to correct myself there a little bit. And then you're going to catch us up on Trudeau later. So, um, okay. You know, lately, Jordan Peterson has gained a lot of attention, and, and I don't think it's as much from his books as very few psychologists are conservative. Right. I don't, and he's kind of American conservative. Yeah, it's very odd. I belong to a few uh, Jordan Peterson groups on Facebook, and he's got worldwide attention. He has got fans in every country. It is mind-boggling. Oh, I know. It is amazing because I've been talking about him a long time. I, I've known about him a while, and just in the last six or eight months, it's it's gone crazy. Yeah, one thing I must say is everybody in that in in these groups are super intelligent. I think you have to be to be able to follow Jordan Peterson number one, because if you've ever heard him speak, he's, it's all quadrisyllable words, and and if you're not quick enough, you're gonna miss him. Well, let me tell you, I just spent sixteen hours listening to him, <laughs> and um, he's long winded. You know, I, I think one of the most interesting things about him that really isn't what the book's about is that he cannot tolerate PC. He thinks the PC culture is hurting us. Say what you mean, mean what you say, and tell the damn truth is what he lives by. And by being PC, you get what? He didn't say this. This is my words. You get woke. Right. You get woke. And woke is a problem. It, it is a big problem. And so I think that's where the bulk of attention is coming from, his ideas on PC. He's one of the first really educated guy with not really an agenda. He's not a politician. Yeah, he's just telling he's the truth. About, he's saying, you know, this isn't doing anybody any good. Exactly. Because PC 
is another form of lying. <laughs> and the one thing he talks about throughout this book, and obviously I listen to it on audio, if I sat down and read a book for that long, you know, I'd hate to know how big my ass would be. But, um, <laughs> but um, the truth, everything boils down to the truth, even when it's uncomfortable. And him as a psychologist, and he's talking to patients that are hopeless. He, he gave a lot of examples when, you know, he, he told the truth right. to the patients. And, uh, you know, with some patients, that could even be dangerous. Think about it. Hmm. You know, if they're suicidal and they don't have much going for them, ah, you know, well, it's very I, difficult. I know that everywhere he speaks, there's there's major controversy. It's it's like uh, Ben Shapiro when he speaks. Oh yeah, I mean, it, it's yeah. the same thing when when Jordan yeah. Peterson speaks. And I love the videos. If you've ever seen them, uh, just you know, go to YouTube and search Jordan Peterson shuts down, <laughs> and you'll have. Oh, yeah, I'm uh, uh, looking at his um, page right now. I mean, it's it's amazing. Because a lot it of people, really yeah, a lot of people challenge him and they lose when they match wits. Um, well, and he speaks with facts, whereas oh, other yeah, people well, aren't one, using facts. Site, oh, yeah, this one site calls him a rebel of wisdom. Uh, I think that's appropriate. Yeah, I think so, too. Anyway, when we get to the 12 rules for life and antidote to chaos, um, you know, one of the first things he brings in is ancient tradition, primarily biblical examples. This may be why I love him most, is because he, like I, and, and I've written a lot about it, and certainly it's out there to read, believes that in context, the Bible is really about how to behave. It's a history book. And, you know, it's, it's a little bit of science fiction, but maybe not so fiction, maybe <laughs> just science. Right. Because things happened, okay? But really, all religions, no matter what God you believe in, if you don't believe in God, you have to believe that behaving is important. Right. And how you behave matters. So he really, now sometimes it gets a little more excessive than I would um, with the story. He takes it a couple of steps further than it needs to go. <laughs> he likes to talk, and you gotta love him. Um, but he kind of intertwines ancient tradition, the Old Testament, and the New Testament. Now, I, I am more um, an Old Testament Torah person, but he brought in a lot of good facts from the New Testament. Right. Okay. He intertwines that with scientific research. Okay. Okay. It is um, very well done. He even brings in other, you know, more, um, or I guess I should say less popular religions. Um, 
at least for the United States and Canada. He talks a bit about, you know, Buddhism, Hindu, um, Islam. Um, you know, those are intertwined in there too. But they're all alike. Right. In, in yeah, one very sense, similar. It's how to behave. And it's amazing all the murder and crazy crap we've done in the sake of religion for something that we're so close. And, you know, the differences are so small. Yeah. Oh, the religious uh, uh, end of things is what caused most of the wars. <laughs> Absolutely. A Absolutely. We have killed more in the name of God than anything else. Exactly. And you got to wonder, if you believe in God, you have to believe that all people are his people. You're killing his people. You yep. can't imagine that God would want you to kill his people. Yeah. So talk about hypocrisy. You know, sometimes I feel like our our civilization was was built on hypocrisy. Yeah. If you want to see hypocrisy, just go to church on Sunday. <laughs> That's true. That's true. And, uh, it's very interesting, but Okay, so to get in some meat and potatoes about what he talks about, I just want to bring up some points that I, I think everybody will like, and I, I highly recommend reading his book. I would recommend it in the audio because it is so long, but, you know, you could do one of the 12 a day, and it wouldn't be that bad, you know? And uh, you can definitely do other things when you listen to the audio, but... He points out that happy does not equal good. <laughs> now think about that. There's lots of things that make us happy. Are they necessarily good? Yeah. Bad yeah. for us, most of them. <laughs> yeah, a lot of things that make us happy. Even a lot of people that might make us happy are actually bad for us. Yeah. So when people say things like, I just want my kids to be happy... He, he talks about that's really nonsensical. It, it's really, you know, is that really where we want to go? Because that sort of breeds the idea, do what feels good all the time. Right. And again, possibly people in our age group, and we happen to be pretty close. He's just like six months older than me. A little bit more, a little older than you about... You know, there's a lot of talk out there about how the parents in our age group kind of sort of did that to our kids. Right. And now they're a little self-absorbed. Yeah. Now, not my kids, but everybody else's. Yeah. Okay? And that they really only want to do things that make them happy. Right. You know? Um now, like I said, my kids aren't like that, but I do have one kid that I'll, I'll be like, um, do you want to have um, pasta tonight? And um, he'll be like, I'm really not feeling pasta. Are you kidding me? <laughs> How did we get there? Yeah. And if he's not feeling it, he won't eat it. Right. 
I'd hate to think what my parents would have done had I said that. I'd say, okay, starve. Yeah, that's that's what I would have got to. Yeah. We, we come from, I don't really care. Or, or we would have got the wooden spoon. We, we kind of come from that wooden spoon era. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Really, what do you mean you're not feeling it? Yeah, I'll, like, I'll make you feel it. I'll make you feel something. Yeah, yeah. that's exactly it. So, um, again... Um, like I said, uh, religion is about being a better person. And he really, really brings that in. He doesn't talk about being saved or believing in God, but how the ancients knew what good behavior was and what was important. And sometimes we treat them like, you know, prehistoric people. Right. But they had the where for all to write all this down, and it really is about behaving. For, you know, and um, one of the things that I, I think a lot about, or talk a lot about, is Moses bringing the dietary laws down. And, you know, a lot of people think that was about being more godly and holy. No, it was about staying alive. <laughs> you know, pork was a really bad, wormy-ass thing to eat back then. Right. I still don't eat it, but you know, you got to put it in context. The things he was warning about were often unclean. It didn't mean they were unreligious. It meant they were dirty, nasty. Right. If you really read through that dietary laws, it's really about keeping the Jews alive. Right. Exactly. I never thought of that before. You don't want to get sick. It says, you know, the other thing is, that pork has a lot of uric acid. We know that Jews genetically have trouble with uric acid. There you go. So it's 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 really about staying healthy and alive. And gee, our society is all about that right now. Yeah. Inter- <laughs> you know? in- interesting how that uh, happens. Yeah. He also talks about how growing is more important than winning. You go, what? I tell you what, when it comes to a man and a woman having an argument, yeah, I don't think we give a damn whether growing is more important, women or women. <laughs> Especially women. I honestly think women need to win arguments more than men do. Uh, you're probably right. I mean, I'm talking about relationship. Yeah. Um. Men are just men don't want the conflict, so it's like, yes, dear. Yeah, exactly. Most of the men in my life, and I'm always surrounded around men. I mean, I have all sons, I had all brothers, you know. I I have spent my life around men much more than women. And I will say that um, they've always given in to me a lot more than women have. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm the, I'm in the so, opposite. Uh, I got five women in here, and the only other male is the yeah. dog. <laughs> How much estrogen can one man survive? Yeah, it, it you just learn to tune it out. You know, there's yeah. there comes that time where. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> you just yeah, need my, to tune my son it the has world. two daughters, and and he grew up with brothers. Right. You know? And and he even said that he's like, oh my gosh, mom, you have no idea. <laughs> I enjoyed being the only girl. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, 
talked about frustration being dangerous. Huh. Yeah, I could see that. Frustration is dangerous. I mean, when you know you're you're out of a job, we're talking about big frustrations. Not you know, not that your heat's not working for the next few hours, but <laughs> <laughs> like my frustrations today, and I got a toilet running. You know, but big frustrations. You you know, you're out of a job. You can't yeah. feed your family. You're sick, or someone in your family's sick. Um, and how we need to focus more on being instead of having. Right. Okay. You know, since World War II, we have moved towards this having. We can't have enough. You know, that's one thing that technology has done to us. Right. You know, I mean, what are we if we don't have the latest? Yeah. We're we sort of have that idea, and it's ridiculous because people are going in debt. People are, are committing suicide over not having the money to have the latest items. Right. Suicide is at an all-time high. He also talks about coping is not nearly as easy as violence. Violence and aggression are innate. They're easy. And when you really give that some thought and you hear him talk about it, it makes a lot more sense than we would like for it to make. Right. He also talks about parenting, and I thought this was pretty funny, but true. Don't let your kids do anything you hate. <laughs> you don't want to hate your kids. I think there are a lot of people out there that hate their kids. Yeah, well. I mean, they love their kids, but they hate their kids. Well, they say that 94% of the extreme left activists in Europe all live in their parents' basement. <laughs> By that point, you're probably hating them. Yeah. Oh, I, I can imagine. Little kids. Um, you know, I used to work with social services. And let me tell you, I thought when I was young that all kids were lovable and we just ruined them. <laughs> you know, we did bad things. and get, Let me tell you, not all kids are lovable. Not all kids did the parents wrong that aren't lovable. <laughs> right. Now, most kids are lovable. I, I don't want to sound totally, but they're not all. And there are some kids, and, and Jordan Peterson talks about this, that are born, and I think he stops short of saying evil. I don't necessarily <laughs> like the word evil, but um, they're problematic. And it doesn't necessarily mean that the parents were horrible. It happens. Right. To the best of parents, right? Every now and then, there's a serial killer in the in the mix. Exactly, exactly. And the parents may or may not have contributed to that. Right. But, uh, we get a bad seed every now and then. Um, you lived on a farm. Yeah. I lived on a farm when I was a kid. And there's bad seeds. There's bad animals born. Oh, my God, I'll never forget. I saw this pig run after my dad. He reared up on the fence, and I tell you what, he kicked the shit out of that pig. <laughs> and that pig had never been right. He should have got rid of it the minute it was born. Right. But, um, I can still, to this day, see my dad do that. He pulled his body up, and he had both legs going into that. To the snap of that hog. 
but um, he said, if you let your kids hate adults when they're little, they grow up hating. Now, there's kind of a fine line because you say, well, who raises their kids to hate adults? Well, you can make your kids so fearful of strangers that they learn to hate adults. There's a fine line. And, and, and you've got to be very, very careful about um, overprotecting your ch- children and overwarning. Right. Right. I remember one time one of my kids said something to the effect of, um, you know, all gay men were pedophiles and were driving. I nearly had a <laughs> I said, who in the hell told you that? And it was a teacher. Oh, she was overprotecting the students for some reason that I assume made sense to her. Yeah. Okay. I could see how uh, how damaging yeah. that could be. So you don't always do it to your kids. Other people have interactions with your kids. <laughs> Interesting. Basically, you want to raise socially desirable kids. Right. Everybody wants that. Yeah, and he says, don't be afraid to reward likable behavior. I think you can go too far with reward, but um, I do sort of believe in reward. You know, I don't know how people raise and train dogs without treats. Yeah, exactly. I have tried and tried with Oliver. <laughs> I tried the first month the best I could because I didn't want him to be a fat dog that, you know, laid around all day. Right. I don't know how they do it, but I can't do it. He talked about success comes from sacrifice. Yeah, I could see that, definitely. And that a lot of people want things to come for free, but everybody that's successful has sacrificed something. Now, I live in a town where there's lots of old money. I'm not so sure a few of those people have sacrificed anything. But... Uh, we'll just go with that anyway. I understand well, what he's Yeah, I don't know what uh, happens behind closed doors, and I don't think I want to with a lot of those people because a lot of those people grow up really messed up. Boy, they do. They do. And we could probably talk a whole oh, hour about yeah, that. Exactly. Or so. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But, we got one of those in Canada. Yeah, you've got one rule in Canada. Yeah. Uh, and sometimes people hate people that are good more than they hate people that are bad or they hate a person for the good they do rather than the bad. And he, he talks a lot about Cain and Abel <laughs> and about how Cain basically killed his brother because his brother was good. Well, I think we see that in, in modern media and mainstream media where, you know, somebody does something good and, and reporters keep digging until they find something bad on the person so everybody could attack them because of their views. Exactly. Absolutely. It's also um, a lot about what Trump accuses the Mueller investigation of. It's a witch hunt. A witch hunt is about, okay, I got this guy. I want to take him down. I'm going to try to find something he did wrong or something that was illegal. Right. Which, you know, our law, uh, our laws are set up to where you're you're not supposed to do that. 
you you are not supposed to go on a witch hunt. If you have somebody that allegedly broke a law, then you investigate and do whatever's appropriate. Right. First of but, all, you got to investigate your tip. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then gather evidence, which they had nothing of the sort. They knew that the dossier was fake in that instance. Absolutely. And, um, you know, it's been going on for two years. Exactly. And you have to wonder if there was a specific law broken, it shouldn't take two years to find it. No. So, but I digress a bit. Nevertheless, um, I, I have to wonder when I hear that because I believe it's true. Um, but did Mother Teresa have many enemies? You know, I bet she did. Yeah, I'd imagine she did. And I, and I always try to wonder who was her enemies because you know they existed. And um, because they always do it when somebody's good. You assume if someone's disliked or hated or someone says something bad about them that they're bad and really we should assume the opposite first well, look what look what just happened to the uh to the teen in washington with the wearing the maga hat absolutely good good example you know i can't believe how good those kids were when yeah. you see the real tape i mean nobody that i went to school went with, yeah, that particular that behave, well behaved. Yeah, that particular kid uh, was telling the other kids to calm down, shut up. Yeah, it, it's amazing. Um, those parents should be proud of those kids. Yeah, well, they, those kids probably won't have to work too much longer. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's true. That's $250 million true. suit. Wow. Yeah, and that's just the first of many because yeah. um, let me tell you, that attorney, um, he is relentless. He is not going to let anyone go. Yeah, some This of those... will go on for years, and he is going to change the internet libel laws. We did that episode, yeah. and I still say we stand behind that that this changes everything on the internet. If you've placed a bad review about someone and you cannot reasonably stand behind it, you better get it off the internet. Yeah. Because this is going to open up. Now around here we have ambulance chasers who chase down car wrecks because those are so easy to fight because you've already got, you know, the police have already decided who's guilty, who's not. Yeah. So the attorneys come in and they just fight for the maximum insurance amount. It's easy. Somebody else has done all the research, all the work. Yeah. The internet's gonna be just like that for the attorneys. And so if you've got um, stuff out there. Take it down. It, you better get it down. <laughs> you better think twice about what you do in the future. Yeah, go back and look at your Halloween costumes from 30 years ago. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. You know, the internet is, um, it's like everybody says, it's the best and the worst thing that's ever happened to us. Yeah, exactly. So, but he also talked about, I guess I'll bring up one more big thing. I've got a lot more I could bring up, but 
um, being a victim of the loop. Um, and the, the loop is where you have a negative behavior and it keeps being reinforced. Um, I don't know, have you ever been around somebody agoraphobic? They don't really like to leave their house? Yeah. You know, yeah. and um, they say, well, every time I leave my house, I get sick. Right. And so they go out to the mall one day and they catch the flu. So it reinforces that loop. And, and it's a continuous cycle. Right. It's neurotic, but it sometimes can be reinforced. Right. He spends quite a bit of time on that. Um, you know, and, and I think the moral of that story is, is that some things aren't exactly what they seem. Someone that seems lazy can be unworthy. Someone that seems lazy can be scared to death of going out. Right. Some people hate themselves, yet they seem depressed. Hmm. So sometimes it's about breaking a cycle or a loop. Oftentimes these people live what he calls life lies. They make their life fit what they need for it to be. To compensate for self-hating, right. laziness, or unworthiness. And um, he goes into a lot of that. He, he has a daughter that is sick. She has a juvenile um, rheumatoid arthritis. And they have absolutely been through hell with that kid since she was, I believe it was six years old. So if you think this is a guy that doesn't know what it's like, he has not lived a charmed life of a scholar. Right. You know, he grew up in a very difficult part of Canada. It's cold, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, the land is hard on you. You know that. Um, I, I didn't take it. I think that he grew up in a professional family, but... Yeah, he lived in a community where there were a lot of hardworking labor type people. He certainly has worked a lot of those jobs. He married um, his wife from his hometown and then finished most of his degrees, so he had a family. Wow. Um, they've been married more than 30 years, been together through thick and thin. And like I said, then they've had this sick child. Right. And... Uh, I believe he said she's now 24 and she's doing better, but it's just because her arthritis is in remission. She had to have a hip replacement at like 15. Wow. Yeah. It's very in incredible. You know, he's pretty awesome. And like I say, he's just one of my favorite Canadians. Yeah, and he seems to be very popular uh, with people, no matter what country they're from. It's uh, he's definitely got a yeah. following for sure. Yeah. He's an interesting yeah. man. I've had friends uh, actually go to see him speak and got to meet him and talk with him. It was pretty exciting for them. Well, yeah, he's pretty approachable. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, so that's exciting. I would certainly like to meet him. It would be it would be nice. Yeah, he's he does a lot of speaking so just 
you know, be aware of, uh, if I hear of anything near you, I'll let you know for sure. Yeah, please do. Yeah, so we're, we're having some uh, fun times here in Canada. With, Absolutely. Uh, what about our other boy? Uh, <laughs> well, he's kind of been a little bit scarce lately, uh, just to bring people up with what's going on. We have a company, construction company from Quebec, SNC Lavalin, and they have been charged with um, all kinds of fraud charges, totaling, I think it was well over $100 million dollars that uh, they were doing business with Gaddafi in the, the times of Gaddafi in Libya. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, so they, they've been charged with that, and, and the liberals have been trying to push a new law through um, that would allow somebody charged with a crime to pay reparations and basically <laughs> reduce or remove their sentence. So essentially buy your way out of your crime. Yeah. So, oh boy. Yeah. That, yeah. That oh boy. One. Reparations though, I can, that can go two ways. I mean, I certainly don't want to have to go back and pay for things my family did, which yeah. is the reparations we're talking about in the United States. Yeah. But in this case with this company, that's interesting. Well, the thing with this company too, SNC Lavalin is they're big, big, uh, contributors to the Liberal Party. So um, they have also been busted with, uh, uh, you know, maxing out their donations to the political party, the Liberal Party, and uh, getting their employees to do the same and reimbursing their employees. So, mm. yeah, very, very corrupt, millions and millions of dollars involved there. And, and it's just like this... Um, I don't know, an onion, a rotting onion, because the layers just keep peeling off. Uh, recently, the Quebec Premier was, was you know, talking all for this SNC-Lavalin and, and, you know, that we should just let them go get off scot-free. And it turns out that uh, the biggest uh, stockholder in the company, shareholder in the company, is the Quebec Public Union of Employees. Oh my goodness! And their biggest contract, which is a lightweight rail transit system, um, is an SNC Lavalin contract. <laughs> yeah, and the other big investor in SNC Lavalin happens to be Saudi Arabia. Oh boy! And and yeah, yeah I thought you guys were um, out of the loop with well, Saudi Arabia last summer. Well, you know what's not uh, got a carbon tax on it. Saudi oil. But, really? But we've got a carbon tax on Canadian oil. and Really? Yeah, isn't amazing. that interesting? Yeah. That is amazing. Yeah, exactly. So what has happened was um, essentially, and, and what we believe to have happened, or what most Canadians be now believe that it happened, was um, basically our Attorney General, who was Jody Wilson-Raybould at the time, she's... Uh, a part First Nations um, and she is a party member from representing a you know a part of Vancouver right so she was the attorney general at the time um, a few I guess it was about six weeks ago something like that Trudeau essentially fired her made her the minister of Veterans Affairs so basically demoted her and put 
a, a new person in her place. And what essentially um, has happened is that uh, everybody started accusing Trudeau of putting, well, you're putting pressure on this to let, you know, SNC Lavalin off scot-free. So, yeah, it, it, it just, like I said, it's layer upon layer. Uh, Trudeau was coming out with a different excuse every day last week for what was really going on. And in the midst of that, uh, Jody Wilson, or uh, sorry, Jody Wilson-Raybould um, quit her job as the Minister of Veterans Affairs. She hired a former Supreme Justice as a lawyer to discuss what she can and cannot say. Uh, of course, yesterday what had happened was the Liberals uh, unanimously voted for keeping this all secret. And of course, none of the opposition did. And uh, Jody Wilson did not vote. She says, I'm involved in this, so I'm not voting. And she got a standing ovation from the uh, opposition parties. So yeah. she wants to talk, and it really seems like Trudeau and his, uh, you know, his advisors, uh, G- uh, Gerald Butts, one of his chief advisors, uh, has resigned. I've heard that um, Chief of Staff Judy Wilson possibly is resigning or has resigned. I cannot confirm that, but it looks like uh, some heads are starting to roll or people are ducking for cover we're not really sure at this point we don't know whether we're gonna find out the truth behind it all it'll depend on what jody wilson raybould uh whether she'll be allowed to speak or not but one thing it has done it's really really lowered trudeau's uh approval rating he's uh yeah he's gonna have a really hard time recovering from this if he ever does yeah, yeah. The one thing I have seen here in the States about this, because we're so wrapped up in some of our own BS, um, was that his approval rating was now below 30%. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, I, <laughs> I, and, and I think we've got the same thing going on here. There's There's people that say they're liberal supporters, but they're not voting for the Liberal Party. I think we're going to see a yeah. lot of that. Uh, rhinos so. and dinos. <laughs> yeah. And I guess we're going to have to go linos, liberals, in name only. <laughs> we're well, going to have all the inos out there. Yeah, we can agree on that. Yep, and we don't always agree about life's a journey, and we're all in this together. Thanks for listening. Godspeed, Connor. Godspeed to Canada. <laughs> Godspeed to all of our friends out there. Godspeed, Grace, and everyone, thanks for listening.